0: Welcome to Took Talk, a video podcast by the band Took, and brought to you by Black Frog Media. We chat with the best in the music industry from yesterday and today with a focus on the good old days of Canadian rock. This episode originally streamed live on Tuesday, March 30th, 2021 on Facebook Live. Now, here are your hosts, Todd Brent, Shane Corey, and Darren. Welcome hey, to yeah. TikTok. Oh, wow. What does that say? Hey, sellers. It's an add-to-cart kind of day. This is actually what <laughs> what uh, Todd's wife gave gave uh, my wife for Christmas. Oh, really? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a mutual interest. There's a shopping, interest, mutual interest, a shopping
1: yeah. component going on there, I, I can
2: imagine. Definitely. The, uh, the Amazon. Uh, yeah, I exactly. Know. How's everybody doing? Great, Great. How are you? Fantastic. Yeah, you know. Doing, what's the weather uh, doing...
1: like in Winnipeg uh, this time? That's, oh, always, that's always the go-to every time is what's it's, the weather it's, like in Winnipeg. It's
2: going to be, it's even more of a funny story this week because in the last couple of days and in the next couple of days, I think Winnipeg will experience all four seasons in <laughs> four days. Yesterday, wow. no, no word of a lie. You won't You won't even believe this. And uh, if you didn't see it, you'd think I was making it up. But this was an actual shot from the weather station yesterday. And you'll see here where it says I don't know if you can see that. 19. Well, 19, but look at the top. Blowing snow advisory.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> what? So that's that's in metric. <laughs> that's everybody, just so you know. Yeah. Okay, well, so 19 is like 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Correct. Super warm. <laughs> but also with a blowing snow advisory. So. How do you get that at the same time?
2: Well Isn't that called now, rain? Now there's snow outside. <laughs> Yesterday we're barbecuing at 19, and now there's snow. So tomorrow's supposed to be like wind gusts and rain, and then I guess maybe wow. we'll, sometime we'll see spring. So yeah. Yeah, that's
1: you Winnipeg know. for you, though. We all know that in the prairies, it can it can bounce. It's it's like it's nice today, but there is a significant chance that there will be blowing snow. So well, yeah. you know what they say: just, if you don't like the weather, just wait an hour.
2: You know exactly. Yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> exactly. There's no way to prepare at all.
2: You can't. No, that's uh, the thing, you know, so just everybody's kind of dusting off their their deck and putting away all their snow shovels and then all of a sudden pulling them back out again. So, you know. Yeah,
0: don't get too excited to take your snow tires off just yet. Exactly. You know the joke, right? Why is it so windy in Saskatchewan? Because Manitoba sucks and Alberta blows. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh boy yeah is so fighting sweet. words today
1: oh, there we got an alberta guy
3: and a, a winnipeg right. guy right there yeah but that's my okay, mulberry tree I love, I love starting to bud what's, what's that? that jay my, my mulberry tree is actually starting to bud today wow, wow. yeah shoots up these like buds and then they fall everywhere and then the tree just explodes into this canopy of leaves do you get wow.
0: mulberry berries? No, it's, it's a male, so it doesn't have the ah, berries. Doesn't have the berry. Well, I thought males have berries. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, you don't I, want, I just you learned that there's male tree, and female trees. This tree. I,
2: this tree must identify as a, as a different uh, species, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> I didn't even know that there were male and female trees. I didn't know that either. That's a delicate You're subject. Dark, Let's move bro. on. And I would have assumed <laughs> that the mulberry bush would be the female. Is that not the thing?
0: <laughs> <Dude>. And <laughs> I see, I see really like mulberries. So. <laughs> <laughs> mulberries are delicious. Uh, yeah. There we but go. They,
3: they make a huge mess if you have a female mul- mulberry. Right? Yeah. For those that don't have. know,
1: Corey knows exactly what to eat on the ground, out of trees. Uh, if you're ever like lost in nature, which I most assuredly never will be, but <laughs> if it ever happened,
0: I hope to be lost with Corey i have to show you my garden because I actually have cabbage growing, carrots, um, Swiss chard, and then I have two sections for my wild weeds that are actually edible. Well, edible weeds? In particular, chickweed is what I'm growing right now. And, it, and wow. you just cut it off, it grows like a weed. <laughs> Imagine that. Literally. And I put it in my green smoothies. Delicious. Wow. It's hilarious when we go we go we'll go hiking
3: together and he'll be pointing at every oh yeah this leaf you can eat and this one's called a blah 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 and <laughs> I, it's uncanny how much information he knows about yeah,
0: edible and leaves and plants and the most most annoying hiking partner you'll ever have and birds <laughs> and and birds oh, I'll no, point, I'll point it all out yeah, i saw what was, not that, what was that movie
2: that one guy that uh, went to go live on his own in the wilderness there and uh, they made it the wild, him. No, yeah, I into the wild. The wild, yeah, exactly. Wild? Maybe wild. wild, I don't know. Yeah, there was, uh, you know, so yeah, you you would be a good, ha- you know, help to have around. Uh, I don't think that ended in his favor,
0: so I don't no, know.
2: No, because he didn't really... have Corey with him, right? I mean, he- yeah, 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 that's he exactly. Yeah, yeah. Did he yeah. die by eating some berry
0: that he wasn't
2: supposed to, or something? Well,
0: he actually died from um, a bacteria that that was keeping his. Keeping him from, from digesting his food. So he couldn't get any. He was eating stuff, but it wasn't uh, assimilating into his system. And that he died of starvation, basically. Oh, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you, that's know that's not, not, you know where that's, that's not going to happen? That's not going to happen
1: in my house. So I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, if COVID keeps going much longer, you're going to get pretty empty. Yeah, uh, yeah you know? exactly. I'll have to start growing stuff in my garden. Well, luckily, my wife's pretty handy. Just grow weeds, man. They don't take any, any care at all. I'll just start eating things. and Whichever things make me feel terrible, I'll be like, well, don't eat those anymore, which I suppose is the way it worked back in the day. <laughs> Jerry died. Don't eat those ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> well, you know, they say just eat whatever your body mean. will tend to reject it if it's not supposed to be there. So, you know, that's true. <laughs> or there it'll go. It. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. like Like 48... OVs don't don't drink that many OVs. Your your body will tell you. Oh, well, <laughs> you know.
2: I don't know. There's uh, some people up here that would probably disagree with you. You know. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Forty that's OVs. True. That's lunch. You know? <laughs> yeah. OV. What Do is that? Still even have stand OV? For? Old OV. Vienna. OV. Vienna. Yeah.
1: Old Vienna. That's a, that's a. Yeah. Is it a Canadian beer technically?
2: Yeah. There was well. It there was always been. the old slang, but I mean, we'll let people interpret their own version. Of
0: it. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> I don't remember. Old Gimli didn't go so well so they had to call it old vienna to raise old sales yeah no there you go <laughs> old gimley <laughs> well you know gimley home of crown royal right that's true exactly. actually that that's is true. true but they didn't call it crown gimley did they
1: that's true that's no, true they didn't No, not didn't. quite yeah. as uh not quite as effective oh i think yeah. shane's frozen we lost shane <laughs>
0: or he's just really he's hungry he's biting his lip yeah. <laughs> he's really yeah he's
1: that's really a into it shot. <laughs> yeah, it's a great still. I shouldn't laugh. Mine's going to freeze here and there, too.
2: You're pretty good today. We're oh, going to uh, wait to uh, get Shane back, and then we'll bring on our guest here. So we're doing well. Right. I mean, we're, we're five minutes in, and we've got every emoji across the board. There you go. <laughs> hey, now it's three. Uh, that's <laughs> better. Now, yeah, yeah, that's
1: better. It feels better. Yeah. It's more like uh, the Bee Gees or Rush. <laughs> Those are my references for three pieces. <laughs> the Bee Gees <laughs> and Rush. Yeah, There we go. Hey, hey there, there he is. is malfunction
3: junction
1: that's all right right. welcome to the internet who's on today yeah who's on today today Today, i'm very excited to have this guy on today uh i have so many stories about watching and playing with these guys in one fashion or another or well in a couple of his different acts but uh yeah he is an amazing guitar player a very innovative guitar player and actually I was looking at some rig stuff today and, and, and really he's flying the Canadian flag high on his, on his, on his rig. So a lot of that I want to talk about as well. Uh, he's an amazing producer. He's, uh, he's really far reaching. He ended up in the States, uh, in that whole Austin scene, Austin, of course, you know, Steve Ray Vaughn, um, the Archangels guys like Charlie Drayton and I mean, uh, charlie sexton and doyle bramble and all those guys come out of that area so it's a really cool scene down there so he's uh he has been around you know since back in the day and uh always been an amazing dude always been amazing to me from one of my favorite all-time canadian groups ladies and gentlemen please make some noise from big sugar gordy johnson
4: hey, hey, hey. how was that for an intro i,
1: I didn't even rehearse that me <laughs> yes yeah yeah insert name here uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. god reads that same script every week <laughs> just yeah, yeah that's not name. true
1: <laughs> that's not true at all not true <laughs> how are you good sir
4: i'm doing all right man uh we were chatting before the show here that we're still feeling the effects of that winter storm texas doesn't get winter storms so uh the fact that we had a week of freezing weather very canadian of us by the way just to spend most of the time, <laughs> talking about weather. I, yeah, exactly. you know, I left 20 years ago to escape it, and it followed me down here. So, mm-hmm, a month later, the years, They have no drinking water.
1: I know that's oh, so wow. crazy. So, is there even con- con- uh, conversations about snow tires in places like Texas? That's not a thing, is
4: it? It's not even a thing. You know, you know what they call hockey here? Uh, what? ice hockey? Ice hockey. That's yeah, I know. Hockey. Yeah, that's I know. I call it ice hockey because you got to specify. Yeah, you know, right. Other like what kind are, of hockey? Field exactly. hockey's not that popular. Exactly. exactly. That street exactly. hockey. No one's ever played road yeah. hockey here. Yeah, no. Unless it's, it's not a, not a, a bunch of Canadians sport. at South by Southwest, then the <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: net set up. Could you imagine a televised game of road hockey? I think that might catch on actually. <laughs> it
3: would. I
4: watch car. I miss yes. road <laughs> hockey man. Car and then one of the sponsors drives through, you know, Chevrolet
1: <laughs> yeah, is the sponsor yeah, yeah. of Road Hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, game on. Game and then on. you go back. Yeah, yeah. That's no, that's crazy. awesome. Are you in the uh, the sound the Sound Shack? What do you call that place? The Sound
4: Shack, live yeah. and direct from the Sound Shack. Yeah, man. I'm just uh, making records in the middle of the day. That's kind of what I do every day. I've been, uh, I got a calendar full of projects. Uh, the COVID lockdown has had me really super busy. Actually. Amazing And not leaving home, which, I've got to be honest, after a couple of decades of tour, 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 I'm kind of good with it.
0: Absolutely.
1: No complaints. Uh, You're one of those lucky guys that, you know, everything kind of heated up when things got quiet. That's good to hear.
4: Well, we had to make our own stuff, too, you know, Uh, not being able to tour, actually putting out a new record in March of 2020 oh perfect uh, right <laughs> i know how to pick them <laughs> yeah. <of> 2020, <laughs> i got a great idea let's put uh, a record and go on yeah hiatus stay home. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so we uh, started making stuff and we built a studio and i've got a couple of buildings out here i put all these cabins and made a little enclave a little studio production world and it's we can cool. record outside here. It's you know the weather is nice most of the time, and yeah. I have enough space and enough wires that I can just set up outside and play. Um, we started doing the live stream thing quite early on. Of course, I have no band members here, so yeah. um, the live stream thing I was I started by playing with the recorded tracks because my studio is right here, so I could just run the cables outside and be outside with my full you know four twelves amps, cable, pedal board, <laughs> double neck guitars, rocking out loud with in-ears and listening to the album tracks. So I was play along with the album tracks. Oh, that's pretty cool. But I don't have all of the albums and all of the tracks to all of the albums. So then I started re-recording tracks from our old records. Hmm. I thought, well, since I'm going to do that anyway, I might as well film myself doing it. So I filmed myself playing the drums and I filmed myself playing the bass. And then I filmed myself playing guitar live to, and I started editing video because, well, who's going to do that for you during COVID? It's like, oh, I, mm-hmm. I could probably figure that out. It's like Pro Tools, right? And, right, yeah, right. Just started editing video. Now I get called to edit video like as a gig. That's, I guess, wow. I'm well, editing a telephone this week, a virtual fundraiser for an animal shelter here in central Texas. So
1: amazing.
4: Uh, yeah. It's, it's not beautiful. even rock and roll. Huh? I still, it's still fun to do, you know? Um, so yeah, that's I, before I know it, I, I've got like three different series out on, on YouTube, like a year's worth of stuff. Um, I actually, since January kind of took a break making stuff for the internet and started producing a record again for a, for an artist from Quebec named Ricky Paquette. Um, Hmm. i started doing some songwriting for a project with mark howard and ruthie foster and it's just been amazing to be able to just work from my from my own space you know just between me and the house i go up make dinner come back down record some more stuff you know it's it's pretty pretty sweet little deal
1: you're literally living the dream basically everything you dreamt about as like a you know a 12 year old that you're doing it
4: I had to amend the original dream, though. <laughs> what, was the, what, what was the original dream? Well, the rocking out loud in public. you know. That's oh, yeah, what yeah.
1: True, yeah. Of you course, know, yeah. y'all know. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. I and feel to adjust little, that.
4: I, I, I guess I, did. I should have read the, the text thread, because I'm the only one wearing a tube top. How come no one's wearing a tube top? Like, <laughs> I put on a jacket when I was in the green room, because none of you guys aren't wearing tube tops. Why is this called tube top? <laughs> <laughs> what oh, No I no no we were talking about that but who like that whole Vegas LA <laughs> <laughs> girls 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 kind of thing was so, it Uh so yeah getting
2: but Shane was the only one who could pull it off so we did uh, yeah, yeah, it
4: it's all it's a bunch of Dudes, and it's like, a yeah. sausage
1: party called Tube Top. It's, it's way I, off.
4: Even when I left the house, my wife and daughter was like, "Papa, what are you?" What are you? I was like, "Look, look, you, you get invited to a thing, you should at least, you know, this is what's that's what's going on." I've never seen a Todd in a tube top. I've been on tour with him, and yet I've uh, I've never actually seen him in a tube top. It seems unlikely i want to I see kind of that shirt, no shirt without it's like shirt or no shirt <laughs> yeah there's a good chance tube is like the best of both worlds there's i like think t- yeah. will
3: probably rock the tube top actually
4: there's
1: <laughs> a good chance i probably won't be rocking a tube top too much it might be too much muffin top these days if you don't say <laughs> oh that's the best i i never even thought of that took talk tube top i love it it really kind of flows, <laughs> I, it flows. I
4: don't have my glasses on and i just it does
1: say tube top Wait yeah you just <laughs> agree to things and just say yes okay just give that me the explains link and just
0: wh- blank on and boom explains why you look so disappointed when you log yeah. on <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these are the ugliest girls i've talked to in a long time
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: you guys set me up man <laughs> yeah don't tell them. don't tell them. Don't tell him.
1: No, I was going to ask you because you literally are in in a place where I assumed it reminds me of the of the of the Bob Dylan line, which I will paraphrase because I always screw it up. But it's something like I I'm I I belong a long way from where I was born is 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 a paraphrase of, of the of the idea and the fact that all of us come from you know, the frozen country, and we still all love it, and we still all spend a ton of time there. But finding your roots and and, and and your music, to me, always felt like, it sounds like, it has always sounded like you came from Austin or Nashville or, you know, somewhere down south, uh, not necessarily Canadian. So um, where did that come from? Like, how how did you find when you got into music um well may as well start with like picking up a guitar all that kind of stuff like how old were you and all that kind of came upon you well you see wasn't there weren't you listening to april wine like the rest of us i mean what
4: no get this man (laughs) i didn't even know there was an april wine till like the late 90s (laughs) what because i married a girl from red deer and she was talking about these canadian bands like trooper and april wine and yeah harlequin i was like yeah yeah well go go back there a second what do you what was that again what'd you say (laughs) harlequin what harlequin yeah classic you missed out no man see because when i was growing up i lived in windsor ontario which is across i could see downtown detroit from my house crazy like when i was 10 years old Mm -hmm. so to me rock and roll didn't come from anywhere except Detroit. I thought that's where they invented it. as Rock and Rolls. I thought Led Zeppelin was from Detroit. I thought <laughs> Rush was from Detroit. Because yeah. these are the bands that came to play. And so I assumed, well, they're playing Kisses from Detroit. That's what I... <laughs> they <laughs> yeah, got yeah, a right. song that says right in it. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, man. I, I, I just naively, I grew up with that. And hearing the radio, I didn't really have a sense of who was Canadian, who wasn't Canadian. To me, it was just right. all... Coming, it, it was legit because it was on the radio. Rock radio was really strong in those days uh, when I lived there. So I mean, I spent most of my growing up life there. And it wasn't until I left to go to Toronto in the uh, late '80s, and my first year in Toronto, I had a gig playing in a band, and the the band was nominated for a Juno Award. I'm like, you mean like? Alaska? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. They're like, no, 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 no. Dude, a Juno Award. I'm like, oh, is that because y'all got so many keyboards? Is that why? Is that like a Juno 106? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, that wasn't the reason why. As, that, as it turns out, I'm like, there's a whole thing here. There's like, mm-hmm. wow, there's like all these. You'll have your own bands and award shows and everything. So it was a real awakening for me. So I didn't, you know, I, I kind of lived that Dual culture. As a kid, I never actually adapted to metric. I'm kind of ashamed to say. Celsius is a concept to me that I still don't. If you tell me it's 17 degrees, I grab a jean jacket. But do I leave? Do I bring a jean jacket? A jean <laughs> yeah, jacket, yeah, yeah, or is that yeah, like yeah. a proper jacket? I don't, I don't quite know. I yeah. like 71 warm Fahrenheit degrees. That's still to me. I don't. That's just. That's just me. Growing up, old school, exactly. But uh, so, so my first awareness of music was coming across the river from Detroit and going to shows as a kid, learning to play music because I went to rock shows as a kid, and so that was my whole first exposure to it. Uh, it wasn't until years later I found out all these bands. Obviously, some of them are from England. Turns out Rush is Canadian. I didn't know that at the time. Right, mm-hmm. right. I, I was, think we're a lot. A lot of us are the
1: same way because we all grew up. The radio was the radio, and everybody was huge rock stars to us whether they were harlequin or the rolling stones or acdc um yeah i think it's that's kind of the beauty of being canadian is i imagine it's the same in sweden or australia you know they have their stuff and they i imagine everybody has their national pride to some degree but Music is music, you know what I mean? Well,
0: we've but talked I think that about you-
2: this a lot, too, with the borders between, you know, where we, I guess, said, you know, up until you get to the Ontario border, everything west, all of those bands, the Queen City kids, a lot of, you know, <laughs> kids growing up in Ontario, southern Ontario, you know, there was that imaginary line that I guess you just didn't see that. I didn't know there was another line, you know, between Ontario and Windsor, but, you know, I guess that's the case there, too, because, yeah, you think that a lot of people that grew up in toronto knew the toronto bands and people who grew up in winnipeg knew everything west but there was no uh there was no mix for sure it didn't cross over as well except for
1: like the larger groups like say Loverboy yeah, yeah. or something would have yeah. been sort of like national but yeah it that is true until the glorious 90s yeah. until the glorious 90s which you know you, you you and i were a big part of that well you, you were a bigger part of that but the, well,
4: uh, <laughs> also about the internet
2: you know and well, the internet you
4: yeah. had by the time you had Music videos, much music had high Canadian content. Yeah, that was that was a golden age, man. You had a whole industry just based on being rock stars in Canada. That's that was good enough. You actually didn't have to leave anymore. Kind of, kind of cool in that way.
1: So, did you find with your guitar playing and all that kind of stuff being? I don't even know how to, because your you're, earlier stuff, and I, I know you sort of came up with Molly Johnson and all that kind of thing in you know, a more of a jazz world. I understand you started on bass, and we had this conversation with Sean last week, Sean Verral from Widemouth, when he said that we, when you played with um, played bass with Widemouth for that run, he was like, you said that you started on bass. And I go, oh, really? I had no idea about that, because your guitar playing does not strike me as a guy who... Uh, this is my secondary instrument, you know. <laughs> yeah. So wh- what were your first bands? Just like you just picked up a bass and off you went kind of thing? Or?
4: Well, you know, when you're a kid, <clears throat> if you're unfortunate enough to be the oldest sibling, all my friends were youngest siblings. They all had older brothers with drums, right. basses, guitars. Everybody had instruments to jam. So I'd go to the jam and be kind of just hanging out with the dudes who were jamming. I was like, well, that, come on, I can do something. They were like, mm. yeah, you can do something. Here, <laughs> play bass. Like, play bass? What the, what the heck, man? How come I got to play the bass? Well, Paul McCartney plays the bass. We're like, well, he's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, he's all right. <laughs> he's from Detroit. <laughs> Detroit. Okay, He's from Detroit. Yeah. He's, he's from Detroit. You start naming all the cool bass players. I was like, oh, hell yeah, I can play me some bass. Yeah. But I very quickly went from like garage jamming to paying gigs. Because I really yeah. wanted to play, man. I got really good really quick, but I mm. got good staying up all night, not doing homework or going to school. Mm-hmm. I did school and stay home and listen to the radio all day and play whatever came on the radio. I, mm, great. Care. I didn't like Fleetwood Mac, but I learned to play all the Fleetwood Mac songs. Oh, disco <laughs> was popular at the time. I learned to play disco songs. Sure. So mm. I, got, I was hireable as a teenager. Before I started high school, I started getting paying gigs. Which meant um, learn what's up, like some country yeah. songs, some just some two steps, some waltzes, some polkas, some Italian music. Oh, Nona's going to get up and sing the song she always sings at weddings. Oh, you better learn <laughs> that one. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just had a different, uh, a different mentality about learning. I, I didn't just stay home and learn Jimmy Page licks because, much as I loved it, that wasn't going to make me any money. Mm. And perpetuate the gear buying and just being gainfully employed as a musician. I, I knew I was never going to need an education because <laughs> I had, you know, I had this great career plan already at the age of sixteen. So parents love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm interested to know like where the the Latin and Afro-Cuban influence came in because I was listening to the, your most recent record, uh, Eternity Now. And as you get it, it's so interesting as it kind of morphs through the record. And then you get to, there's a couple songs, uh, I think, New Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. And it's like straight up Afro-Cuban influence, you know, rhythms going on there. It was like, it's such a cool transition, you know. I mean, I love that eclectic stuff in music, and especially when you can
4: cross genres like that. But where did that, when did that happen? Well, thank you for noticing. Because um, to me, you know... Uh, it really, it goes back even to the early days as a bass player. I also got gigs, you know, when I got really good by 1920, I was on kind of on fire on the bass, and I was the guy you hired around Detroit. If somebody couldn't make the gig, they could call me on a Friday afternoon at five o'clock to go across to Detroit and play three three one-hour sets of jazz fusion. <laughs> I was like, this isn't stuff. We're not playing Moni Moni here. You know, that we, that like, No, there's going to be a bass solo. I don't know when it's coming, but there's going to be one. So I got really, really good at the bass. And playing jazz and fusion and funk and all this stuff, part of that Detroit scene was also some Afro-Cuban music. Really? And I would get hired to play bass with those dudes. And it wasn't about some bass slapping and bass soloing, it was a whole different mentality. Yeah. So I got really into the discipline of that. Now that was in the eighties. And then there's a big gap where you know, I learned all kinds of other music. I got way into reggae, of course, living in Toronto, you can, there's <laughs> the whole community there. Yeah. Uh, so reggae become a big part of my my musical identity as well. Living in Texas, suddenly you discover that rock and roll, is deeply informed by Tejano music. Right. Mexicans who've been living in this territory longer than there's been in America. You know what I mean? They've just been sure. here. Um, so that culture permeates our rock and roll, because Doug Som and Flaco Jimenez and you know all those people like that, that make that border rock mixing. It's not mariachi music. People think of Mexican music as mariachi music, but that's like urban proper music in mexico city guadalajara right. is where they play that in texas we it's tecano music it's rough it's cowboy music it's like country with some bavarian accordion polka like accordion's right. a star here man i found out i came here for the guitar players i stayed for the accordion <laughs> <laughs> <I forgot. laughs> but you start to name good texas guitar players you know it's it's also a really broad spectrum from lightning hopkins to dime bag daryl right a yeah. a stretch you know what yeah I mean? yeah the, yeah. but that all mm. comes from here of course then you get here and you find out no no the coolest the coolest dude in the yard is the accordion player they're the biggest <laughs> badass i mean that's everybody wants to know that dude and they stand when they hold the accordion in texas it's not you know it's a whole different posture those dudes are like they're, accordion <laughs> they're such a thing Accordion face. <laughs> accordion face it's a real thing here it's like yeah dude with the big black hat with this great big i like yeah. that do they get all the ladies you can't mess with this so that <laughs> that music starts to seep into what you're doing because you're playing it when you go out it, it it's part mm-hmm. of what you do i got back into bass playing recently just being in austin and not being on tour as much with big sugar i kind of thought man maybe i'll start playing some bass and Get myself some gigs, and uh, I started working with uh, a group that plays all Afro-Cuban music with Ray Artiaga in amazing. Austin. A couple nights a week, he was doing gigs, all sung in Spanish, all Latino dudes playing, and this, you know, one pinky with a bass. I was like, I, I know this music. They're like, Well, okay. Uh, mm. Sure, dude. Uh, the guy counted off the clave. I'm right there. I already... I thought, oh, this that's, I know That's this. awesome. No, yeah, that's, that's really deeply it into it. Really deeply into
3: it. Living here as one. You, you, you must have, because that's not a style you can just sort of learn and pick up by listening. I mean, you got to like... Fake. yeah. Bed. Yeah, you can't fake yeah. it. You got to
4: no. sh- play it with people, dudes. You got to know game. it. Yeah. Really get it inside. I don't think it's going to catch on with like high school bands in in Saskatchewan. No. I don't think. Are going to you know what we should do is have some Latin infused. It might not happen. I don't know, but here here it can happen because your friends, you know, half of the friends you know, you know, their last name is Martinez or, mm-hmm. the so dudes bring that with them to the to the. Sure. World. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's
1: mm-hmm. what I think was always so interesting about your your ability to kind of like.
3: <laughs> That's a good. He, he was making of fun I of Shane ahead. earlier with his freeze face, and now we got yeah. one. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I'm back.
1: Go. I'm back. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just going into like just really renowned places here, yeah. but uh, no, like uh, Big Sugar being a, a very loud blues band. It sort of started off as a very aggressive, again, very loud. It was really loud, Gordy. <laughs> <laughs> which i loved i always loved i I, I, there was always the conversation every time i would go somewhere they would tell me about how many amps gordy blew up last night gordy blew up like a a marshall last night or an svt or whatever you were blowing up
4: i blew up some stuff (laughs) (laughs) i broke some stuff it's true
1: but it's part of your sound though isn't it but but where i was going with this was it was sort of like this blues influence influence thing and then when you sort of when the reggae started to appear it was so seamlessly just kind of like you know beautifully put in there again it seemed so legit that it was like this is great like it never felt i don't know what the word is but it never felt like uh, like you were trying on a pair of shoes you were like no this these he owns these shoes these are his shoes yeah
4: <laughs> well, but you know part of that part of that was playing with jamaican dudes
1: yeah i know i had a
4: jamaican bass player and and drummer and did gary bring a lot of that in i, I
1: always wondered about that gary was that's so all,
4: that's all he did
1: he didn't gary was actually greatest. never
4: played rock and roll with me
1: i wouldn't assume so no and yeah. most
4: of the 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 you know the drummers like crash and rafa and dudes like that they were they were the first call guys in the reggae scene in toronto they'd come and play with big sugar and I it, I mean, it was kind of a fool's errand But I started trying to get them to play rock and roll with me It just mm. didn't They didn't They had no frame of refer- reference oh, right, Gary had right, yeah. never heard of Led Zeppelin Until I told him <laughs> <about
1: that. laughs> You're kind of like, this is kind of a deep purple thing He wouldn't know
4: what you're talking about yeah. No, he knew Jimi Hendrix was a black guy Right, sure That's what he said uh, Jimi Hendrix, you yeah, No, I heard of Jimi Hendrix He, did, he was a black guy yeah yeah. he he was on top of uh, other achievements Um, he had never heard led zeppelin and then we played him stairway to heaven and it was the first time he heard stairway to heaven this is 1995 (laughs) y'all first time gary lowe heard stairway to heaven and he heard it and just picture stairway to heaven it's the remastered cd box set (laughs) sure yeah and we listen to all of Zeppelin four. and at the end of Stairway to Heaven, you can picture it. The symbols are just dying down, and Robert plans a stairway to heaven. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> we're just we're blown away. This sounds so amazing, a song you know so well. And from the back of the van, Gary Lowe says, yeah man man tell me one time is a very famous song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stay we in heaven. Yeah man, right about that song one time, man, tell me one time <laughs> It's a very famous song.
0: Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and then they said, "Now put on some Harlequin."
4: <laughs> <laughs> know, but, but thing is, Barry was right. It was a very famous song, you see. And yeah. uh, he had seen uh, Moja or we had a rhythm guitar player from Trinidad. And he came to Canada. These guys all came to Canada in the '70s during sure. political instability in their in Jamaica. They came to Canada and ended up with jobs like Northern Telecom, going up telephone poles, and they all had electrical, you know, engineering certificates that they got at trade wow. schools in Jamaica. So mm-hmm. these guys were sent to Northern Manitoba, Northern Saskatchewan, you know. Lac Larange and Flin Flon to run telephone cables. Oh my God. In. Imagine you come from down like Kingston, Par- Jamaica. Yeah, paradise. And you go, yeah, next week you're up, a, up a pole <laughs> in, in Lac Larange. Whoa. But uh, Ger- they, you know, they, so they had a very weird filtered experience with Canadian culture where some stuff just didn't reach them. But other stuff of course did.
1: of course yeah
4: when Mojo told me a great story he said uh, he said uh, I was trying to teach the band a song He said so we're in the middle of one of our songs if I had my way when we go to the bridge it's the same chords as shine on you crazy diamond so this nice. would be wicked, wicked. I'll, sh- I'll show you I'll show you how it goes and I taught them the whole thing <laughs> and at some point mojo went who sing that song? The man named Crazy Shining Diamond. What is <laughs> my name? Oh, because I see a man one time sing that song. You know, think, <laughs> no, one time, Gordy Johnson, one time I hear a man sing that song, the man named Floyd. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Man, that man sing the song. That, that man, song. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't go to see Floyd. I originally go to see gentle giant oh, okay next man <laughs> on the show and the name floyd and it's crazy shining diamond yes <laughs> crazy shining diamond i like this I love it this was the filter so if 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 you think the reggae ingredients and in big sugar sound authentic well that's <laughs> why yeah I, I, I was using import you know like of my, course yeah these guys brought what they brought to it, and I just let them do it the way they did it, filtered through their experience. I stopped trying to show them very early on, i like that this is not happening. Play. Th- well, how do you think it should go? What? <laughs> yeah, I uh, bet, I bet. Yeah, Gary was as a musician. I had to fit into my own band. I mean, yeah, I mean, exactly, like,
1: yeah. So in reality, bringing those guys in just altered the entire pH level of what was Big, Big Sugar completely.
4: Yeah, when I had jazzier guys playing with me, it was more experimental and kind of jazzy and bluesy. Yes, yes. And I also had to, you know, I was in an environment that I had to fit into. As I started working with different people, I like to, if if it brings about a change in me as a musician, it, it's, it's more challenging and more satisfying ultimately. Same thing with putting a band together in Texas, working with guys like Ray Artiaga and, uh-huh. you know, he brings that Latin... He doesn't count one, two, three, four. You know, I mean that's not how he counts. So it's like clave. <clears throat> it's clave. So I gotta give wow. him clave at the. This is how we start the song. You know, one, two. No, sorry. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, crazy. Yeah, it's, wow. It's a, it's a challenge, and it, like I said, it just makes keeps it interesting.
1: That's the thing. Yeah, keeping things interesting is it's important. I mean, it's it's too easy to kind of lay back on what you don't know and what you do, isn't it?
4: It can be. And I, I just maybe I've just always had an appetite for different sounds and different musical challenges. You know, that's yeah. been clear. And not, that to, uh, not to stray from the
2: uh, the topic, but as the uh, the comments go by, we try to, you know, bring in as many questions as we possibly can. But uh, somebody was asking, Gordy, I don't know if you see this on your screen or not, but any chance, any chance of he did and some other LPs getting the reissue treatment like the
1: Hemivision did.
4: Absolutely. Yeah, we had a great success this year uh, releasing a vinyl version of Hemivision. Um, I was able to go through the master tapes uh, in conjunction with Universal Music, go back to the vaults and get stuff sent to me here in my studio and get to tweak on a little bit. So there's a whole record of uh, bonus material as well as remastered original stuff. Uh, you know, you get to start going through the old photos and scrapbooks and stuff that's just not going to show up online. You know, we were able mm-hmm. to go through our own shoe boxes of photographs from the 90s and contact sheets cool. and stuff. So amazing to be able to, to recreate that packaging with the original photographs and negatives and all that stuff. Uh, and we had such a fantastic, um, even throughout COVID, the HemiVision release has been really, really. Uh, successful for us so we are i just approved the mastering for 500 pounds cool our one of our earliest records and kind of the record that introduced us to america and to so many people europe it it took us all over the world that record and to this day i still i still get shout outs from people who who love ride like hell you know
1: of course yeah I, i saw a thing when you were talking about like the Warren Haynes guys and Charlie Drate, uh Charlie uh, Sexton, exactly. all those guys. Like that's where your connection to Texas probably started. I assume
4: that's because of that record and because of Ride Like Hell. That that started my whole connection with Texas in the early '90s. And even I think it's probably the reason why I get yeah you know, I got to meet Billy Gibbons and work with Gibbons is because I've had long involved conversations with him about uh, Ride Like Hell, not the Grady version. Trigger <laughs> version now. Yeah. Uh, we need to talk about that. I was like, we yeah. do. <laughs> so I found it out in you know, like almost thirty years ago. But we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Want me <laughs> to do about it now? But we need to talk about that. So pretty cool when your hero, one of your all-time like tone gurus, calls you up and says, "We need to talk."
0: Absolutely. go ahead, Corey. What was your route into the States as a Canadian? How did you manage to settle there? And why <laughs> are you legally there, Gordy? Or are we alarmed? <laughs> or, or <is> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he walked across
2: that bridge to Detroit so many times. they probably yeah, yeah, they, they knew him by out. name. Oh, come on over, Gordy.
4: First
3: of all, uh, maybe before
4: that, funny you how did you meet your wife from Red Deer? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> Unrelated, but... Um, The uh, crossing the the border in Detroit, you used to be able to just take the tunnel bus and go do a gig. And that was, you know, do you you have bus fare home? Okay, you're good. Come on in. We were talking about Ah. the 1970s and 80s. Super easy as it's gotten harder. Uh, But I've had a work visa through the musicians union since the 1980s. Whenever they started having the little card you had to have, Mm. I started having one. And I've always I've always kept it up. A P two B's I've had one for you know thirty years. So when I went to apply for status, they look at that, and I was able to get nice letters from from notable people. Willie Nelson wrote me a letter saying, "Wow, he's a he's a benefit to our musical community and our you know and asset <laughs> to America." Please let him in. Wrote it on a bar napkin. <laughs> is that right <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> as it should when I be went, i went to his niece and i was like Can he, did you get the Willie letter i waited two and a half years to get a reference letter from Willie. wow because i worked at his studio for years and i did i mean i'm not his homie like i don't know him i haven't golfed with him I, <laughs> i've told jokes with him before but and <laughs> right a yeah. bodyguard for him one night uh, <laughs> really wow i did on the spot, there's like I'm the biggest guy standing near him. And <laughs> same thing. as He's like, Gordon, we don't have security. Can you get him to the tour bus? I'm like, uh, there's 400 <laughs> people in this room. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> you know, Amazing. No mag light in the eyes. Like, excuse <laughs> yeah, me, yeah. to the left, coming through. Yeah. Um,
0: was Texas an easy uh, place to go to? Like, it w- was it between any other cities in your mind?
4: No. It's like
0: I'm going to Texas.
1: I actually wondered that. Nashville never rang your bell. None of that kind of stuff.
4: No, man. I've been coming here since the early 90s. My first time here was like 93. And I just, as soon as I got here, I I didn't want to go home. I had to go home because I had this, I had a band going and sort of a career happening. I always just wanted to be here. I just, I loved it here. My friends are here. The culture. I mean, the weather is one thing, it doesn't suck. I'll tell you. No, no. no, no, You know, I can wear a tube top on a day like today. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, That just derailed the whole train. Uh, No, you know, uh, so yeah, Texas was the destination. That was always in the back of my mind. Whenever things got screwy with the record label or Man's Band or the band or anything got sideways, I got on a plane, I came to Texas and rode it out wrote records down here just hung out here just always had a refuge here and your Um, wife was always game like okay yeah sure yeah i mean she's from
1: red deer so it's kind of like texas canada in a sense
4: (laughs) those were one of the those were some of the you know prenuptial terms is like you got to take me somewhere warm i'm not (laughs) i'll marry you here, but i ain't staying here (laughs) why were you in red deer (laughs) Were well, are you? My wife's from Red Deer. My, my wife, uh, her family was a prominent cattle ranching family, and her father had right. been uh, the mayor of Penhold at one time. Oh, wow. Name dropping some Alberta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some <big legs. laughs> For them's in you your
1: Alberta street cred
4: not that yeah. there you go my canadian passport comes with it's sprinkled with tidbits of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, like exactly the best yeah. chinese food in innisfail things like that <laughs> 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 Those Those Sammy's, just so anybody's asking but uh yeah so we got married on the farm and our kids were all born in alberta and we still have farmland and we're there all the time we just got to commute of course haven't done mm-hmm. lately as much commuting um but that so that's always we've always had one foot firmly planted on Alberta farm soil Mm -hmm. and then coming back to Texas culturally a lot of similarities but I mean of course you know the whole Tex-Mex thing the food and the music and that part of the culture here was always a beacon for me so it it really wasn't between like here in New York City I never LA wasn't my my scene Nashville didn't much appeal to me really it was just austin texas Hmm. and it's still although it's changed to the point of almost being unrecognizable to the austin i used to know it really has changed a lot but there's still there's still that thing about it where it's like there isn't really an industry here which is i mean maybe that's what i dig about it right like we've all lived in in and lived and breathed in the music industry and you know what that's like it can get kind of intense where there's sure. someone's always schmoozing someone's right. always looking for a gig a leg up what are you doing who's your manager who's your publicist what well, you guys mm-hmm. are like blowing up right now who's your publicist who's your this who's your <laughs> it's like i don't man i don't love that i don't that's not why i got in here it's not, right. that's not why i do that i don't really want to talk about that or hear about it so right. being in austin's Awesome for that because on a Tuesday night you'd be doing a gig, but Billy Gibbons would be playing pool behind the stage. Jimmy Vaughn might be sitting at the bar. Lance Armstrong punched me in the arm one night after a Grady gig. It was like, "Good show, man!" Oof. Uh, uh. Was like, <laughs> wow, it was a good, good show. Real. Why did you ruin my career? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's people walking around, just unassumedly, They're just kind of hanging. Like everyone's, no one's doing anything. There's no one showcasing, but everyone's right. showboating. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Because you got you play for keeps yeah, every time yeah. you leave the house. Because you don't know who's sitting out there. Totally. Like, I mean, the greatest, you know, the. Uh, yeah, Quentin Tarantino's at the bar tonight. You yeah. play any different just because he's here. Because you don't know who's who's mm. where, you know? Right. But all those people filter through here, and they only come here to just kind of hang out.
1: right. Yeah, which
4: is a different energy level. You're you're allowed to just think about playing your music. Yeah, yeah. A, I what would the playing to Tarantino
2: sound like? I guess you'd have to start the song in the middle and then go to the beginning and then to the end. Is that how it we'll <laughs> yeah. works? Tarantino arrangements. I, I got gotcha. you. The
4: yeah. guitar solo is only on the bonus DVD. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> But Texas is it for me, man? And uh, no, and getting my you know getting my status here. And uh, you know, I'll just in advance, I'll preface this by saying, okay, all y'all shut up. But I got the Einstein visa. It's not because of uh, I didn't have to pass a test. Wow. But it's the Einstein visa. It's like you have some particular skill set which is unique, and you're really good at stuff.
1: Well, and Austin is also one of those towns that is a music town and they pride themselves on looking after musicians and stuff like that too. It, it, it's different than Nashville in that Nashville is a music town, but mm-hmm. Austin has always been really supportive of its of its musicians and its music scene.
4: There certainly are uh, a few people who have held the torch and kept it going. Steve Wertheimer, who owns the Continental Club and a couple of other clubs and businesses around Austin. He's kept... He loved Austin in the 70s and the 80s, and he's just kept the vibe alive. He puts on the, the Hot Rod show every year, and he puts on a whole parallel universe to South by Southwest. It He's just made always made it okay for musicians, and he's just one of those cats. I mean, you, I got to name drop him because, you know, someone like Gary Clark, he's all big and right. celebrated now. Well, when he was playing to 15 people on a Monday blues matinee, there was nobody there. Steve still paid him. You know, he like, oh, Steve sure. paid guys. He doesn't like to see musicians going hungry. You right. come and work for me, you'll get paid. Where so many clubs are still like, you pass the hat around and divvy it up. It's like everybody got $7. Mm, right. Know? So... I'm not sure that the population of Austin is still taking care of its musicians. I don't think that's
1: still true. In but many cases, are. $7 is not that much different than a major label deal. You know what I
4: mean? Yeah. <laughs> Except you have to pay back the $7. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 it's your $7, but yeah. Yeah, you do have to pay You
1: have to pay it back, yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> no you're right though I, I think it's you know i've always quoted you as saying to me one time you said every guitar has a song in it and i always think i always think of that every time i pick up a new guitar i always go there's a song in this guitar it's just a matter of like which i think i've sort of equated it to when you get a new guitar you just play the shit out of it and new stuff just starts to present itself but i've always quoted you as sort of saying that to me one time like every guitar has a has a song in it. i go he's right so I try to explain that to my wife why we have so many guitars around the house.
4: <laughs> oh, so, oh, so I get the blame. You know, some yeah. guitars, look back there, some guitars there have, two,
1: have two songs There you songs go.
4: In them. I bet. Yeah. Those ones got a lot of songs in them, yeah. That one's got two songs oh. in it. It does. <laughs> yeah. twice, twice as many songs. Or a song that's twice as long. Turns, Turns out. <laughs> yeah, double neck guitar, the songs usually end up twice as long.
1: Stairway to the heaven or however Gary <laughs> called heaven.
4: it. Stairway that. in heaven.
1: That's what it was. Yeah. $14. So where did, the, where did the picking style come from? Had you had you always played I remember you playing uh I don't know if you if if it's just my memory, but I remember you playing normal plectrum style, and then out came care. the finger picks. I don't know if I remember that or if I'm just
4: I think you're I think that's a yeah, no that's a fallacy. A, you must have dreamed it. I might have why you dreaming it, yeah. about me, I don't know. Hopefully <laughs> I wasn't wearing a too <laughs> top. To come up
1: with more excuses for more guitars, probably. <laughs>
4: Hopefully I wasn't top. wearing a tube Top in the dream yeah. that you had a out of me yeah. playing the Plectrum. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that that camera, next video.
1: as long as I've known you, you've always played
4: you've always played this. With the claws. Uh, Damn, you and it's you like and Banjo. Banjo picks. Yeah. Because I played a banjo, there I played a banjo, and my early experience with guitar was mostly playing like folk blues, ragtime, not really bluegrass, but Dixieland and early jazz and things like that, and playing it on a banjo, which has a particular feel to it, and it's percussive. It's a more of a percussive percussion Totally, instrument. you kind of. It's like a washboard. You kind of rack the picks against the strings. You mute down the strings and you get that. It is that that you can't get with a flat pick. It's just not really the same thing. Um, And I like the sound of metal on metal. I I used really, really heavy strings right from the very get-go. And they could take... Mm -hmm that metal on on metal it could take my attack and it's just rhythmically i get more up and down movement from my wrist as opposed mm-hmm. to picking as a with a flat pick is a very tight movement you know you're it's a it's a short small movement with your wrist whereas for me i just toss my hand and let let momentum do the work when i'm yeah, playing yeah. reggae rhythm or or whatever it happens to be it's like metal, like so
2: you can't say metal on metal one more time, or lips is going to come out somewhere. That's and right, yeah, well, suddenly Anvil will metal. <laughs> his ears are burning somewhere.
4: <laughs> and I got to meet lips because of Ride Like Hell. How about that? Ah, once again, it I all goes full circle. I was so stoked to meet lips. I got to after that movie came out, they played in Austin, <laughs> and we couldn't believe we were going to go see Anvil. I'm like, thank god for DVDs. <laughs> these guys are coming to Austin. Amazing. So I, again, I didn't know they were Canadian. I didn't know hmm. that. I had no idea what their story was. I just uh, knew about yeah. Anvil. Yeah. So when they, man, when they came to Austin and I knew that the promoter and the venue guys were really cool. Cause they all knew Grady. So me and big Ben Grady or cowboy hats and, and walk through <laughs> the venue. We go up the stairs behind emo's and there's lips in the dressing room. He's like, Oh, Gordy, man, I'm like, well, how do you? What? How do you know? He's like, oh, dude, when you guys were making Hemi Vision, man, I went to to Phase One Studio when uh, when Paul Gross owned it, and he said, okay, you can go and look at the gear, man, but don't touch anything. Those guys are gonna freak out. I'm like, I'm. Dreaming this, I'm gonna wake up. Later <laughs> and go, Whoa, that's, that's you, hilarious! How many shots did I have? <laughs> no, that really happened. <laughs> talk about Big Sugar. I'm like, no, that. I want to talk about Anvil. Oh, <laughs> yeah. tell me, tell me, you're, you're amazing. He's like, no, dude, you're amazing. Like, is this oh, happening? Is this conversation even happening?
1: Wait, um, you'll be happy. No, he was a guest on here your audio is your audio is way better than his was <laughs> it's one of our more
2: memorable episodes yeah yeah for that very reason the last, the mm-hmm. last line of the whole episode what, oh you guys are in a band yeah <laughs> you <Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: laughs> yeah. didn't realize we were musicians at all just yeah. a bunch of guys interviewing
4: clips <laughs> essentially <laughs> bunch of guys you act, happen to have Neumann mics in there yeah, exactly yeah just yeah. so you're
1: working Oh, that's so funny. Where are we no, talking yeah, about? Let's know. talk about, you know, but I sort of cut you off, but I, I really, I was always fascinated to find you're still playing with trainer amplifiers and garnet amplifiers after, mm-hmm. you know, and to see them on like a, in a, in a, in a Austin studio to see like garnet amplifiers from Winnipeg, Manitoba and trainer, I think is from Ontario. Am I right? Yeah. yeah classics man I, I so you just you just kind of have always sort of played in that world and, and maintained canadian gear
4: um oh well, yeah i try to maintain my i
1: know staff. you've experimented with it. Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> you gotta know penhall or penhold Alberta, yeah. and you have yeah. to have yeah. trainer amplifiers yeah. yeah but i know that you've played every different kind of amplifier there is but i find it curious you know in the 21st century now you're like i'm gonna use the tried and true canadian
4: man that uh, that's especially garnet i mean with trainer um i've used their amps time to time uh the speaker cabinets just because they're such that their support system is so great i mean really with any endorsement it's one thing if you get endorsed by somebody who makes gear that you really like okay that's awesome but if you don't have the support from them then it just becomes like a burden to oh well i I play these amps because I'm supposed to, but damn, I'm having trouble with my sound tonight, and oh, I blew a speaker, and how am I going to get another... You know, Mm -hmm. with Trainer, I never had that, and that's part of my, my relationship with Long McQuaid and Trainer amplifiers. I've been... Going to shop at Long Quaid since the '70s, like sure, yeah. owed them, which means I've owed the money since the. 70s. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's the true story of why you're in Austin. That's, yeah, <laughs> to get away from I'm the right out. apartment at L <laughs> M. <L&M, laughs> Those guys will find uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they will find you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, But they've just been an amazing support system. When I couldn't pay my bill, they didn't repo the gear. They let me keep doing gigs so that I could pay my bill. I mean, just cool. smart, you know. Yeah. Um, true. I've always been very supportive. So getting in a deal with trainer, I was like, yeah, you guys have been an amazing support system my whole career when I was nobody. And now I'm kind of somebody I'm doing stuff far from home. It's great to have that support of being able to just go into a music store and say, hey, uh, by the way, it's it's me. And I broke this. Can I have another one? (laughs) <laughs> they're like oh, i'll need to talk to somebody in toronto oh hey no that's gordy yeah man just give him one from me yeah I, I like hearing that because anybody that's not in the
1: music business doesn't understand the idea of i broke this can i have another one
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah right and I, as you stated earlier i break stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes yeah, yeah, yeah stuff like speakers sometimes yes Nah, they get fatigued, let's say. They're a bit fragile on occasion. A bit yeah. Fragile. So I have a great I have a great relationship with eminent speakers and with trainer. So I've I've always got cabinets full of super tough, ready to rock speakers wherever I go in the world. It's an amazing relationship. With Garnet, man, I was pulling my hair out as you can see it, it, <laughs> that's, that's how where I you start you pull guy. your hair out there yeah that's what happened. Uh, so this way yeah exactly um, <laughs> i was blowing up a marshall amp every week i had a licensed electrician on staff on tour I was, like there had to be a bump <laughs> for an electrician what's <laughs> something's not right here you need to rethink your game plan here and i love the old Marshalls. they're great sounding amps but they couldn't take it i mean they're they're antique it's like if you've ever owned an old car or an old motorcycle or old gear it's all the same man you got to have a toolbox you got to know how to fix it because it's going to leave you at the side of the road and i just had a nervous breakdown from from gear failure and i went into a store there on on queen street just like a pawn shop used, used music store and I was looking, I thought, maybe a Marshall rack mountable thing. I thought, nah, I don't think I'm ready to do that just yet. I don't know. I like the simplicity of the tube amps, you know. Mm-hmm. I found this weird garnet thing. And I remembered garnet because I was born in Winnipeg. Sure, yeah. Guess was, who? Yeah. And as a kid, my buddies all had garnet, you know, garnet amps, the little dudes in the high school band or whatever. We had garnet amps in the high mm-hmm. school. It's like, garnet oh god damn look at that and it looked like an amp but it only had two knobs on it i'm like well, right. wait, what does it do the guy in the store was like "No, songbird music on queen street they're not there anymore but songbird they were like well near as we can tell it's not an amp i'm like yeah but it's the size of an amp because i think it's a it's like a fuzz box or a distortion pedal only without the convenience of it being <laughs> as big it's the size of an amp i'm like really so what do you do with it? Well, I guess you could use it as a preamp. I thought, yes, you could. So I took that. It has volume in, volume out. The, mu- the amount you put in is how much distortion you get from the one tube that's in there. And the out is just kind of like a unity volume. It just you put it up to zero and you're at unity. So then I just started playing through power amps like SVTs base that Mm -hmm. at two ohms can kick out 750 watts of stress-free tube power i use qsc pa you know 1000 watt pa heads that just (laughs) a power amp it's like you were going to run the monitor rig off it but i can run my guitar rig off it because i wasn't getting any of the tone from it It didn't matter this thing that was that to that tube heat that i wanted as loud as i want anywhere I go any night of the year, it doesn't matter what's on the backline list in London, England. That's mm-hmm. cool. What do you got an amp that works good tone right in? Like you can plug in the back of an amp and not even worry about the front of it. It was so freeing. And so I started buying these things up. I got it for 120 bucks, by the way.
1: Wow. Yeah. They're nice. not
4: $120 now.
1: No, I would about. assume not. No,
4: you can add some zeros to that. Um, So I just started buying them up everywhere. I've got a dozen of them squirreled away now because I never want to be without them. And uh, yeah, I've laid them on my friends and they're just, it's an amazing tone circuit. It helps if you make a good sound to begin with. Like there is some onus on the player to make good guitar sound to plug into it. It it doesn't make anybody sound awesome, but if you already make a good sound, I plug into that and just like, okay, well, the discussion's over. Wow. I never from that day. I haven't ever had one of those like, oh, I'm searching for that perfect tone. No, no, I'm, I'm good. I've been good. I'm good. That's now so it's just cool. An excuse to buy gear. I don't need oh. to change the tone. <laughs> it's just that the tone's good.
1: Now there's a signature model. Is that is there a gar- a, um, a Garnet Gordy Johnson model or I or am I just wish making that there up?
4: Was. Oh, okay. There, well, then
1: there isn't. But I'm putting that bug know. in their ear now.
4: But the the thing is, they have talk about great support coming through winnipeg if one of them is sick pete Deeson at at, uh, at garnet has fixed it between soundcheck and showtime and made it like brand new with all parts wow of it. he's done it to me so many times and then he just built me one and sent it to me like i've got one with the ethiopian flag i, I got saw that one with the jamaican flag colors like just they're, be- they're little beautiful works of art too and design Great. Right? uh so yeah no that's another just great company that's Always been super supportive. And when Gar was alive, when Gar Gillies was alive, man, I never went through Winnipeg where I didn't go to his shop. Oh wow. Whatever we had to be doing in Winnipeg, press and promo, what no, I but hold up. <laughs> so on Portage Avenue, just go two blocks over. You know, I knew where his little TV repair shop was, and I always go in there. And he would dump his sandwich out on the counter take this greasy little paper sack and fill it with vacuum tubes. No, <laughs> Yo, Gord, you use the Hertzogs. You're still using the Hertzogs? Okay, well, you're going to, you know, you're going to go through some tubes, so you grab a handful of tubes in a little brown paper, paper sack and hand them to me. That's awesome. And, and of course, every, if I, now if I sold those tubes on eBay, it's like a Western Electric tube from the 1930s in perfect, pristine condition. You yeah, know, I mean, twelve hundred dollars for it not that I'd ever sell them but you know I mean, just, the guy was so generous and unassuming and awesome cat to, to have known that's
0: awesome did you also go to uh, Levy's guitar straps in Winnipeg
4: uh, no but I have used their guitar straps they make yeah, pretty, a fine guitar strap
0: uh, pretty much everybody has used a Levy's g- guitar strap and they come right from Winnipeg everything and you're from Winnipeg isn't that correct I was born in St.
4: Brontus Hospital yeah there
0: you go. Amazing. It all comes paper back paper. to Winnipeg. I got it paper always paper. comes back to Winnipeg.
1: One time we're standing in the Ro- in the Coliseum in Rome and Brent Fence points. He goes, check it out. Some guy's standing there with a Winnipeg Jets jersey on. I go, it's everywhere. No matter where I am, there's a the Winnipeg. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think Brent brings them with him, though, and just hands them out. And then I think so. He <laughs> pl-
1: plants it before he goes anywhere.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> Amazing. There's yeah, just a free shirt here. Yeah yeah exactly well uh we probably kept you long enough my friend i i feel like that we've covered a lot of ground so what what i know that we always kind of end on what was supposed to happen in in 2020 you put out a record you were supposed to be supporting and then i assume that you'll be making up for that when it finally lightens up a bit have you been back to canada the entire time none of, i haven't none of us have
4: i have actually because i can drive oh. from here to my farm we got to the border like will you have to quarantine i no problem It'll be me and 300 head of cattle for the next month that's <laughs> fine nope. wow so yeah easy to to quarantine so we did go up uh, and spend some time uh up in canada because i mean we still because like we still have property there and stuff to yeah be taken care of and the house and cool. and how long does it take you to drive from austin to red deer Oof. and see this is where rock and roll 24? comes in handy most 24 know. hours
1: how many Most How, surveys, many, how many? Van Halen albums from Austin to... I'm just
4: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 36 hours, I think. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. In one shot. Wow. wow. Of course. There you wow. go. Us road dogs can do that easy. Yeah. Yeah, man. My, of course, you know, I get to my parents' house in Medicine Hat, and I'm trying to, you know, we're about to leave my mom and dad's, and I'm trying to put all of our, You know, I got three kids and two pets, and I'm trying to load stuff in the back of the truck, And my dad's out there like pulling stuff out, going, No, you're never going to fit it all in there. I'm like, Hey, mate, you were in a (laughs) punk rock band. I was in a freaking punk rock band. I can load a van. You can't load a van. I can load a van. And when I'm done loading that van, I can drive it for 36 hours till I get to Texas. (laughs) (laughs) You can't mess with the punk rockers, man. That's right. Get it done on. Soda pop and seven eleven hot dogs and yeah, truck stop food, baby.
1: Absolutely six hours. All the way. Yeah. So what's what's twenty twenty one gonna present? Are you gonna be able to go out and support the album that you didn't get to support? Or is that kind of may as well put out a new record or I mean what's gonna happen?
4: Uh I've been really busy, man. Like aside from making videos and stuff on YouTube and having different series that we put out, um, I've made about 40 reggae records over wow. the past year um, I started recording because well, I was playing age. everything anyway and I love me some reggae so I started doing reggae remixes of stuff for people oh. and then I started just making these reggae rhythms and going well you know it would be cool if I got somebody to sing on this but I can get 4 or 5 different artists to sing on one rhythm so the music stays the same but there's a whole different song on top of it Cool. And that's sort of a model of the Jamaican music industry but that dates back to the 1960s. So I thought, man, i get in on that. In terms of publishing, it's kind of cool because mm-hmm. I have to write the song once. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to get eight different song titles out of it. So it's kind of cool. Genius. Uh, and it's in- introduced me just by just cold calling people on WhatsApp or or facebook messenger or whatever you find these artists online and i'm working with artists from kenya mozambique jamaica trinidad us people got in california dudes in toronto like reggae artists from all over on big sugar rhythms and i was just kind of doing it for kicks but now i have an enormous catalog of this stuff so we're gonna start our own label imprint whatever you want to call it and put all of these artists out their own cool. records they can promote on themselves, but all under the Big Sugar banner. Mm-hmm. So Big Sugar Great. becomes something beyond a loud blues rock band. It's also a reggae record label mm-hmm. and a video editing <laughs> empire, <laughs> and uh, I don't know what else. Um, that I have you used a music big store sugar record <laughs> started just because again I I got time. Yes. Uh, so I started about halfway through. I've written most of it and you're kind of ready to, to record it, so can do that. I also have enough blues recordings that were done in the last year for our YouTube series. I think there's 14 or 15 of them, of me playing just great old blues classics, but with different friends. Like I got Joe Satriani did one with me. Um, cool. The Black Crows right. did one with me. I did one with Sue Foley. Just people from, they can phone it in. They can film themselves at home. I can edit the video together, and it's us playing the blues. I've got a dozen more, though. I could put on a double vinyl of me playing the blues. So
1: That's so cool.
4: I, if if touring doesn't happen again this year for whatever reason, maybe it will, maybe it won't, I'll just still keep making stuff.
1: That's what you do, yeah. yeah.
4: Do you record the Big Sugar stuff in Austin? Do you
1: like bring, bring the guys down, or are you kind of like uh,
4: well now like, I'm now I'm kind of self sufficient. I mean I had in the past always there were always about a dozen people in Big Sugar. Yeah, because it's whoever was best suited to playing a thing they would come in and play. Sure. So the band was always sort of ego free that way. Right. Uh, Eternity now was made with the dudes I had with me at that moment. My wife and I wrote all the songs, so she's on the record. Ray I was playing with all the time, so Ray Arteaga played percussion. Chris Kolpa from New Brunswick, a great guitar player. And we both have an interest in drums. I was like, dude, your drumming's wicked. Be in Big Sugar for a year. So he was in Big Sugar for a year. Cool. Um, and Big Ben, uh, yeah. my, my bandmate from Grady, he lives in Austin, so he was yep. here when, when Gary got sick. And of course, he, he passed away. Um, but rather than stopping, I just worked with the people I had around me. And so that's the band on Eternity Now. Now that I'm isolated in here, I'm playing drums every day. I've played drums. Yeah. Though. I've been watching that. That's great. I mean, I just played on a, on this country record I'm producing. I played all the drums on it. I played on every reggae rhythm I put out this year. I just keep playing the drums. So I've, like, I've already started recording. I can play the drums, play some bass, put the guitars, some Mellotron, funky keyboards. Cool. Just, I just can make it. It's big sugar. One stop got, shop. Got That's great. That's great. Yeah, I got well, one you last definitely, question. For definitely
2: you. set the bar, you know, forty uh, albums in one year. That's uh, you guys really got to step up the yeah. game here, you know. I oh,
1: I know, you right. Yeah, it's, it's. I got nothing
4: else to do, y'all. It's <laughs> <that, laughs> that, how to make supper. That's it.
0: Exactly. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Corey. Go ahead. Uh, one last question for you: Are you able to find any Ukrainian food down in Texas?
4: If I make it, ah, uh. <laughs> and I do make it, I tell you what, man. My perje is like dialed. Uh, my pierogies, it's uh, an all-day thing, man. Dough, I mean, I'm talking about four to five hours of dough eating. That wow. dough is like a newborn baby's bottom. when It's, like, <laughs> it's just like, it's ugh, so good. I got, uh, my borscht is on point, uh, yep. my halopchi, all of that stuff, man. You ever make kucha? I don't, you know, my mother couldn't stand it as a kid. So Uh, she never made it. hmm. She was made to eat it at holidays and stuff. She didn't like it. Okay. And so the the one time I asked her, I said, like, can you, but you have your mother's recipe for a kutia. Can you just can you tell me how can you send it to me? So I got her an iPhone, she took a picture of it, sent me the recipe. And I just I never got past the first line. The first line of the Kutia recipe. Go in the yard and pick a cup of wheat. (laughs) <laughs> All right, this is this exceeds my yeah. skill set i'm not yeah. i'm yeah. not making this anybody that doesn't know
0: what kucha is it's kind of like a, a wheat berry dessert so it's like if you take a handful of wheat and you soak it to the point where you can actually chew it then you add a little sugar and some poppy seed and whatever else i've had it different ways but uh it's it's kind of like a dessert ukrainians eat at like you said holiday time
4: it's yeah. delicious but you have to pick your own wheat
0: first. So. You gotta pick yeah, your own wheat. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah.
1: You <laughs> lost me at step
2: one. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to play the accordion music in the background while you're doing it, right? There you that's go. That's right. Or accordion, accordion culture. culture. Yeah.
1: There you go. The Ukrainian yeah. music also has uh, accordion involved. Yeah. Yeah. See? And Italian music. <laughs> yeah.
4: My dad owns an Italian restaurant, so I can cook Italian food. Like, there you go. Nobody's nice. business. All the stuff I can't get around here, I can just do. Yeah. It looks but like I, we gotta stop. You, by. I don't know how to smoke a brisket. I don't know how to smoke back ribs. Like there are people who devoted their lives to smoke yeah. to meat. I don't doesn't need to be me. I'll just pay someone to do that. That's cool. It sounds like
1: we have to stop by the old uh, Johnson Ranch next time we're in Texas. Get ourselves so some food. some Ukrainian food.
4: I'll get y'all yeah. fed, man. I I can feed the masses.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good
4: to know. Good to know. Well, my friend, oh, this go. has been a
1: blast. Thank you so much for breaking off a, an hour or so with us. That was really fun, man. I, I'm really excited to see what comes next, because the last record was really great. I'm Thanks, really excited fella. to hear
4: what comes next. Well, I'm very flattered to have been invited. It's a lot of fun, a lot of laughs.
1: Yeah, Anytime always. you want to
4: put on our tube tops and do this again, just shoot me a text and we'll... Uh...
1: Done. It'll be That's done. Cool. I, I, I'm going to get my, like, Chrissy Snow from Three's Company era tube top out. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I just did the math today, just, like, bored because Three's Company was on in the other room. And I said to myself, I'm watching Mr. Furley. And I go, how old was Don Knotts in this first season of, of his appearance? 55, dude. He was yeah. 55. Ooh. And I was like, damn, dude, he was only 55. He looks, I don't know at least 60 something yeah, yeah. yeah and i'm like i'm like oh wow dude i'm heading into that first season of mr Furley. <laughs> <laughs> oh well Yeah, well, you wear it a little bit bit better, but I plan to be way more flamboyant than him in my uh,
4: yeah. (laughs) Oh, do you? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah. we've seen you exactly. Yeah, Uh, but it's gonna be—it's gonna make Mrs.
4: Doubtfire look, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Yeah, when my dad was your age, he was not rocking hard in the place. It's yeah, no,
1: exactly, exactly. All right. Well, I really appreciate you being here, and it's lovely to see the boys again. And uh, I don't—we don't have anybody lined up for next week, so if you know anybody, Gordy because we got you from uh, from Sean, so you know, if you can think of anybody who'd be a lot of fun, let us know. I can. We talked to hockey players. We've talked to actors. We've talked to. Uh,
4: Do they need a Canadian passport?
1: Not necessarily. No. No. Canadian, like you said, Canadian <laughs> passport. <laughs> yeah, a Canadian passport.
2: <laughs> Yeah. No. Well, uh, I'm sure we'll we'll uh, we'll find somebody. We'll let everybody know. But yeah, that's uh, we'll uh, see how it plays It'll out. It'll be a blast. Right? It'll be a blast. And, uh, and then, uh, depending, maybe uh, Brent will want to come by and hang with us next week. Brent was uh, busy today, as we forgot to mention at the beginning. But yeah. uh,
1: we'll uh, be back here next enough,
2: Tuesday. Exactly. Right, I, right, I don't right, know. All right, man. Good to all see all you guys. guys. Thanks,
3: Thanks Gordon. everybody. Yeah. Peace out. Yep. Nice Bye. Thanks, Gordon. Bye, guys.